When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi, I'm Don McDonald. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the daily show. And uh, today, we're just going to do a couple of questions because we've got a few of those that have uh, stacked up. So we're going to do one that was sent in, and then we're going to do another one that's a little more involved. And was called in. And by the way, if you want to send in a question, you can do that very simply by going to TalkingRealMoney.com. TalkingRealMoney.com and just click on the Contact Us form there. Uh, Or you can call us at 855-935-8255. 855-935-TALK. But let's go to the written question first. It's relatively short. Here it is. Hi, great show. What is the difference between income funds and other index funds? Can you compare VWIAX, which is Vanguard Wellington Income, and Vanguard Life Strategy Fund, VSG, nope, VSCGX, VSCGX, return of $10,000 over the last 15 years. Which one would you prefer for retirees? Well, let's start at the end. Uh, Vanguard Wellesley is a fund I've liked for, oh gosh, 25, 30 years, long time. Uh, but it's actively managed. So that, uh, you're not going to hear me recommend it because all things being equal, I prefer an index fund. Uh, the life strategy fund, again, it's okay, but I would not suggest it because it has a few flaws. And I'll talk about some of those flaws. So I wouldn't, I don't really prefer either. And I'll explain the differences in a minute. But let's start with your very first question. What is the difference between income funds and other index funds? Well, I think your question is based on the fact that you looked at Vanguard Wellesley income. That's a bit of a misnomer. Wellesley is a fund that has an income component to it, but it's also a stock fund. So it's more of an income and growth fund. It's like an upside-down balanced fund. Vanguard's Balanced Index or Vanguard Wellington tend to have an asset allocation of about 60% stocks and about 40% bonds. Wellesley flips that. It's about 60% stocks and about 40% bonds, but again, it's actively managed. Now, that said, it is inexpensively actively managed. When I think income fund, I think bonds. I don't think of Wellesley, despite the fact that it's called Wellesley Income. I don't think of a fund with stocks in it at all. I don't think of a dividend income fund. I don't think of anything with stocks in it. Because to me, an income fund is something that generates income. Pretty much, period. From which you really should never expect a capital gain. Otherwise, it's a growth and income fund. Uh, And there are various types of those. So I think we're not on the same page definition-wise. 
actively managed and index funds. Now, there, there's a big difference. An actively managed fund has someone at the helm or some ones at the helm who think they can beat the market. They can pick better stocks, pick better bonds, pick whatever it is that's better. We don't believe that there's any evidence to support that. We've never seen any robust academic evidence to support stock picking outside of uh, just that caused by luck. And people get lucky. So there's a big difference between index and and active funds there's growth and there's income there's index and there's active if you're looking for a combination of vanguard funds with which to build a portfolio and you're looking at a 60 40 or a 40 60 split 40 percent stock 60 percent bonds you can accomplish that with the two fund solution we have which is vanguard total bond index and vanguard total world stock index you just get 40% in the VTWAX and and uh, 60% in the bond index. That's going to give you a portfolio that is very similar to these at a lower fee, even though the others are low, it's even lower, with, an in, with both funds being index-style funds, trying to buy the whole market. So that's the direction I'd take. Thanks for the note. I really appreciate it. If you have anything else, Drop us a line at TalkingRealMoney.com or give us a call at 855-935-TALK, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and here's a call. Hey, guys, this is Craig in Puyallup, and my question's really twofold. One is I just want some of your feedback on where I'm at and if I'm on track to retire at 60 as planned, and the other being specific about employee stock purchase plans. So. I'm going to give you as much detail as I can. Obviously, feel free to edit or chop up as you need to. Um, so I started a little bit late. I'm almost 48 years old. Uh, right now, I make about 200k annual gross income. I have no debt whatsoever. My house is paid off, worth about 350. Um, currently, I have about 200k in my 401k at an 80/20 split. I've got about 50k invested company stock. Uh, with 100K unvested, and it's Microsoft, so relatively stable, but anything could happen. I've got 40K in non-retirement investments with Edward Jones, 35K in Roth IRAs with Edward Jones, and then I've got 50K in a opportunity fund, high-yield savings, emergency fund type thing, making 2.45. Uh, currently, my annual investments are 58,250 in Roth funds. That includes a Roth IRA for my wife and I, uh, Roth 401k maxed out, and then 27,250 post-tax dollars that convert quarterly to Roth into that 401k. I get a company match of 9,500. <clears throat> I max my HSA and invest anything outside of the uh, out-of-pocket maximum, and then I'm doing 25,000, the annual allowable max for employee stock purchase plan. I hold it for at least a year and then sell it and fund the next year's Roths or put that into the non-retirement investments or the or the uh, uh, high-yield savings. So ultimately, uh, between HSA, ESPPs, and all my retirement, I'm investing close to 100k a year. Um, so just want to get your feel for if I'm on track between now and 60. Uh, when I took your risk quiz, I was in the uh, uh, low end of high risk tolerance, and I'm wondering if for the employee stock purchase plan, that 25k 
would be better off just doing the non-retirement investments in mutual funds rather than uh, the employee stock purchase plan, which I get at a 10% discount. Uh, again, I hold it for more than a year, so I limit it to uh, capital gains on the growth. So uh, wanting to retire at 60, almost 48 now. Appreciate anything you guys have to say about it, and thanks for everything you do. Oh, but wait, there's more. Here's the follow-up call. Hey, Don, it's Craig in Puyallup. I just left you a long uh, voicemail for the podcast, and I forgot to add in that uh, on top of the 200 k base salary, Every year we get annual bonus, which includes a merit increase, usually 15 to 30k in cash, and uh, 20 to 35k in company stock, which is what makes up that uh, 50k vested and 100k unvested, uh, in addition to my employee stock purchase plan. So uh, that adds to if that adds to the detail uh, that will inform your answer. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Oh, Craig, are you on the right track? Uh, Yeah, you didn't tell me what you'd need in retirement or what you think you'd need in retirement, but just reading between the lines, it looks like you live a relatively frugal existence. I mean, you still live comfortably. I would imagine you're living on about hundred grand a year. And if your future plans are to live at about that same level, then you're pretty darn close to where you need to be despite your late start because you've got a lot of money already saved. You're putting away 100000 a year. A uh, couple of little tweaks I would probably do. One, I'd continue to do the employee stock purchase plan because you're getting a 10% discount. Absolutely keep doing that. But that Microsoft stock, when you vest in that, I'm not predicting Microsoft is going to have any problems. I'm not. I just don't know who will in the future, but I know that some will. I did not know that General Motors would go bankrupt, did you? I did not know Delta Airlines would go bankrupt. I didn't know WorldCom would go bankrupt. I didn't know that any of those would fail. When I worked for Sears Roebuck and Company years ago, it was the preeminent retailer in America. What is it now? An afterthought. Could Microsoft or Apple or Google or Facebook or any of these be afterthoughts down the road? Absolutely. So when you vest, do some tax planning. But I would get out of that. I would add it to my diversified portfolio. I think it's great you're maxing everything out. Um, I, I think, I mean, I don't know you, but probably will find that at 60 years old you don't want to completely retire from life because you very likely have another 25 years after that and unless you've got something really fun planned for 25 years you might get a little bored uh and plus you really shouldn't start collecting social security until you're about 70 but yeah i just don't see why you couldn't you're doing great if you think you truly want to completely retire at 60 and you think you're going to need a hundred grand at that point then you may need to save a little bit more but you're on a great 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 course to a really bright future thanks so much for the note for the call remember you can call anytime at 855-935-8255 you can send in questions at talkingrealmoney.com and we have one other great service that we provide and it is not a gimmick it is not a gimmick i promise you it is not 
if you have questions that are a bit more involved, our advisors have agreed that they will talk with you for free. They won't pitch you anything because we don't need to. Yes, would we would we be honored if you became a client? Yeah, and do we think we'd do an amazing job for you? Absolutely. We're one of the very few 100% fiduciary firms in America. Remember, only 1%, according to MarketWatch, 1% of the advisory firms in this country are 100% fiduciary all the time, and we're one of those. And we think we follow the, the, the tenets of science. We don't just rely, we don't even try to rely on hunches. We don't use them. We don't succumb to emotions. We have them, but we don't succumb to them. But anyway, you can uh, just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and set up an appointment to talk with one of our advisors, and there's no obligation, no cost, and they won't sell you anything. But if you want to do it more than once, you probably should become a client and pay us. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, remember, this has been a rough day today. This has not been a great day, but it'll be better tomorrow. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. Oh, and speaking of which, I will not be doing a podcast on Monday. Got a family situation. I'm flying uh, flying out over the weekend uh, after the show on Saturday. So I will be there for the show on Saturday, though. You can call us live then, 855-935-TALK. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern or noon Pacific time. Take great care. Have a wonderful day, week, month, life. I'm Don McDonald. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.